Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the podcast for the week of January 23rd, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. And I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, we got tons of time this week, so let's jump right in. And we have to kick things off with Oscar nominations, because those came out this week uh, on Tuesday. And yeah, the 95th Academy Awards are coming up in March. And now we have our nominees for that uh, <laughs> ceremony. And uh, I mean, we'll, we'll do what we usually do. We'll run through the, the big categories and some, maybe some of those other ones and just kind of you know, give quick, quick thoughts or what we've heard or what we know about like front runners or stuff like that. But uh, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once is like the nomination front runner. It has the most nominations of eleven, and then I believe like uh, Elvis, uh, the Banshees of Inisherin, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front are kind of like right behind it. I think the Fail- the Failman is also a pretty strong contender. Mm. But uh, yeah, well, so we'll we'll run down the categories and we'll just uh, t- talk about each one quick here. So I guess we'll, we'll kick things off with the big one, Best Picture. So we've got uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. We've got Avatar The Way of Water, uh, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Wait, which one's Women Talking? Um, so that is... I, I believe the premise of that one is that it's set. It's like it's, it's set in this like very like like, reli- like religious like um, and I think it's I think it's like modern times, but it's like the it's like a, a a community that acts like it's like Puritan times, and then there's like some sort of crime that happens, and, and like a, a group of women have like to basically decide what to do about it. Okay. It's got, it's got like a whole like slew of like it's like a, a ton of like like the best actresses like working right now like I think like like, like Frances McDormand's in it and like Jesse Buckley and Claire Foy and all these like all these other I think Rooney Mara's in it like yeah a, a bunch of like just like the best <laughs> actresses working right now and it's it's it's, a, it's, it's I, I've heard, I think it's like very play like it's just like them in like a room for like the entire movie but like very like dramatic like discussions and stuff. But I, I mean, mean I, Oscar oh, movies, Oscar nomination movies are never like feel good, funny movies. Like everything all at once is mixed, I I hear. Uh, but everything else is like a feel back, feel sad movie or like all the emotions. Well, I mean, I mean, at, at least I, this year, I mean, they got they got Avatar in there, they got Top Gun Maverick, you know. Triangle oh, sadness, that, it, Triangle sadness is a comedy. Elvis is like a crazy like. <laughs> I mean, it's tragic. Elvis, but also it's like just absolutely bonkers, like Baslerman, like <laughs> wackiness happening. So, mm-hmm. I think I think the Fablemans isn't like the Fablemans is like kind of like you know it's like uh, obviously like autobiographical, like Steven Spielberg. Yeah, but from from all the trailers and I've read about the Fablemans, it's also like a like an emotional, moody movie. It's not a like straight up comedy comedy. Oh no, it's not comedy, but like, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like a dour like slog or anything. But uh, I was, I mean, 
my personal choice would be everything, 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 everywhere all at once. Like that movie was fantastic. I I still haven't seen it yet. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to it by not seeing it. But I understand yeah. hype. It's something where I want to see it. I, I feel like I feel like I gotta see. I mean, it, it, it's just it's almost three hours long. But I got I gotta watch Elvis at some point here soon. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was three hours, and it's like three. It it covers like a good amount of his rise, and then yeah. I think they skip over his fall. Yeah. Do, do you even see him? I don't think you see him die in that movie. <laughs> it's just like and uh, this is like and nothing bad happened. <laughs> like, I also, and then I also, suddenly it was the '90s. Like what? Yeah. I also just want to see like Tom Tom Hanks is just like batshit insane performance that movie. What? Like he got, like he got a Razzie, like he got a Razzie award. Did he? Yeah, he went. He got a Razzie for Elvis because, like, we'll get to it in a second. But like, yeah, Austin Butler is nominated for best actor, but like Tom Hanks is nominated for worst actor. He's doing some sort of like I don't know what voice. And if you watch like video of like, the actual like. Actually, like Colonel Tom Parker, like does not sound like Tom Hanks at all. <laughs> like, oh, something. I thought he did. Like, I thought it was like, it's like, like who he the was hell? Like character. Yeah, it's like what the, what what is Tom Hanks even doing in, with the, in this movie? <laughs> he went off script, and then that's it. It's like he went full Jared Leto, like yes. I'm embracing this Colonel character. Yeah, he's he's full House of Gucci Leto. <laughs> I like I thought I knew Elvis, and then they you know then you. Then you find out that his manager was this like soft-spoken Southerner gentleman dude, and you're like, Connor Carter has to like scan him out of everything. Did he? I think that's like yeah, that's like the whole like thing of just like that. T- Colonel Tom was just this, like this like schemer behind his like just like manipulating Elvis and like <laughs> like just like like really like like not working in Elvis's but. Basically, just working for his like monetary interests, not Elvis's like best interests. Yeah, I didn't know about that part. Like, I knew the movie. You think it's gonna be pure Elvis, but it's not. It's like it's shared between those two. Mm-hmm. And then they really glance over like his problem side. You know, it's like all the best of moments, and then like. Even when they kind of mention the bad stuff, they sort of just like anyway. He had a problem there, and then yeah, he had a <laughs> they just they they just really like fast forward through that. And uh, yeah, and I'm obviously not gonna win, but like it's it's nice to see Avatar and uh, Top Gun in there, just to, like get some you know some big blockbusters. I think I think it's definitely that's definitely just like acknowledge it. Like they're like the two like most gigantic movies of like last year. I mean, Avatar's still making like Avatar is like has made over two billion dollars. It's still still going. So it's weird to think that popular movies aren't Oscar. They used to. Sometimes. They used to be. They used to be. Yeah, I mean, you go go back to like the nineties, like fucking like it's like it was like Gladiator, Braveheart, like all these like super popular, like super commercially successful, but then also winning Oscars. And then and it's so it's slowly like really got into like. Like most of the Oscar movies are like super super indie, like don't don't make a lot of money, like don't make a lot of box office money. Right, right. That that's what I'm. I guess that's what I'm used to. When we start reviewing movies and like really getting serious in the website, I just like the term like 
blockbusters doesn't always mean like Oscar worthy. So it's like weird to think that it's going back to that, I guess. Yeah, it's it's been like up for like years. It's been like, oh, those movies get like visual effects or like the technical Oscars. They don't really they don't really get like any like big like the big the yeah. big ones. Yeah. I, I can't remember like Dark Knight was Oscar worthy just for like sound. <laughs> like what? Well, that was that was like the one of the big like inflection points of like because everyone was like, oh, you're not gonna nominate a Dark Knight <laughs> for Best Picture. And it was, and that, it was, it, that wasn't just like, I mean, that wasn't just like, you know, like, kind of like, like fanboy like whining either. It was like, like Dark Knight is like legitimately like a a, a great movie if that should have got nominated for Best Picture. Only thing I don't like about Dark Knight is that it really the out now after the Batman, like it's hard to go back to that fantasy setting, and like. It's a lot of superhero shortcuts that they jump over. Where I mm. think the Batman, the first two acts are pretty grounded. Mm. So that's why I'm like, I get it. The Batman is like you if you made the Batman in 2007, that would be an Oscar worthy movie. Like that would blow people away that a superhero movie could be that way. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, I, I it the baby steps to get to where it is. I don't know, maybe one day we'll get there when, like, the superhero movie is the Oscar-nominated picture for, like, best script, acting, and then well, for chits and giggles, sound design. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it in a little bit, but yeah, like, we're one step closer this year <laughs> in the uh, best supporting actress category. But um, let's talk about best director first, though. Uh, so best director nominees, we have Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Anna Sharon. We got the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhart for Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Steven Spielberg for The Fieldmans, Todd Field for Tar, and uh, Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. I think that I think the Daniels are probably like front runners. Um, I mean, I mean it, it, this one this one seems like wide open. Like it could be any 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 of them. Yeah, because the categories to me sort of like there's no distinct movie that really stands out as like I don't know different enough from not like not being a human drama. Everything all at, everything all at once is more sci-fi and superheroish. But well, that I mean, well, that movie's like every like, it's like <laughs> literally everything. It's like comedy action drama like <laughs> yeah, the triangle sadness just the title alone is just oscar b well, well, well that that movie is a comedy that movie's like a, a, a wacky satire is it yeah it's it's like rich it's like rich people are on this like super yacht and they get like shipwrecked and then it's like oh all these rich people oh yeah track. that's that movie with like beautiful like house people like beautiful yeah people. woody harrelson is like the, is like the is like the commie like boat captain and then like they end up on an island and it's like the like um i think she's like the the head like cleaning woman or something takes over basically becomes like the like the the, the tribal leader basically but yeah it's but but yeah it's, it's all about it's a, it's all about like whack it's like a wacky like satire about like class and wealth and you know like <laughs> that's society all, all that yeah, stuff yeah yeah that movie's still playing in theaters. I'm trying to in my area. I'm trying to see. I think it is. Yeah. Is. Well, it's it's been like it's been like premium video on demand or like video on demand for a while too. So you could definitely most of these movies you actually like you can 
either it's on like Netflix or HBO Max, or it's like you can like rent it on like VOD, yeah. or it's on DVD or something. So, your Triangle of Sadness is already like gonna be part of the Criterion Collection. So, uh, best lead actor. So we have uh, Austin Butler for Elvis. We got Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Sharon. We've got Brendan Fraser for the Whale. We got Paul Mescal for After Sun and Bill Nighy for Living. I kind of want Brendan Fraser to win. I mean, every, everyone wants him to win. Um, I think I think the only thing that like like he, he like before like the nominees got announced, it was like, oh, he's like obviously the front runner. There's like no chance he's not gonna win. But because like. The whale didn't get like a best picture nominate nomination or like uh you know, like Darren Aronofsky didn't get like a best director nomination. It's like, oh, is it is it weaker in like the eyes of like the Oscar like Academy? Like I mean he I he's I think he, I think Brendan Fraser's like won like whatever awards have happened to up to this point, he's won. Except for the Golden Globes, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but um I think that you know, like the SAG Awards and like all these like a bunch of some of these like, critics' choice, like the critics' awards and stuff. Like he's won like a bunch of the Guild Awards and stuff. So I think he's still like the front runner. But like I think it's I think it's like I've heard it's like it's a lot closer now between like him, Austin Butler, and Colin Farrell are like the three like kind of like uh, top top three. But yeah, I would I would definitely like Brendan Fraser that that because that would just be like a, you know the, the great like comeback story. Mm-hmm. The Fraser Sons. It'd be like this new um, kind of reinsurance that yeah, Brendan Fraser can act. Like he wasn't just like a, a one-hit wonder. Like yeah, we want to see the next phase with him. Mm-hmm. Let's get him back for Encino Man too. So, um, best lead actress. So we have uh, Kate Blanchett for Tar, uh, Anna de Armas for Blonde, uh, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Ever All Once. And I, 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 yeah, I, Mich- it, I, yeah, yeah. I think Michelle Yeoh is definitely the front runner. I think Kate Blanchett is like a close second, but it's it, it, it's basically it, it, I think it, I think a lot of people think it's like this is like Michelle Yeoh's category to lose i'm also thinking like kate blanchett like i feel like she's won one already right i think so yeah i feel yeah i feel like yeah michelle yo needs to win just like not i mean she was amazing and everything everything all at once but also just this is just like a like you know like career <laughs> award for just like her being awesome for like <laughs> decades all these years yeah, yeah. she's finally in the recognition yeah It's also uh, Anna de Armas is interesting too because like I think that, that maybe like one of the it's like one of the few nominations for Blonde, but then like Blonde won like a ton of Razzie awards and it was on like a lot of like worst lists. Yeah, it's weird that like she's the best part of this whole thing. It's like is that because she got naked a couple times? I have not seen Blonde. I have just like really little interest. In, from I think I think that's I think it. I think it's also like another like three hour plus movie. <laughs> But it's like a weird fever dream of just like Marilyn skits 
like it's not like it really goes into her life story it's more like what you just watch like segments of her career rise and fall and it's told in like very like disjointed like situations not necessarily like an arc where you know they like to repeat characters and like kind of remind you of the time setting from what i understood and even from like the the clips i watched it's just like her just going yeah i'm sad today i guess i'll lay around and i'll figure out like what what my career is going to be like and it's just like half hour long conversations mm-hmm. i'm like i this is not what i thought it would be yeah it was it was not well received at all <laughs> It's like even people who like saw it as like a movie were like, this is a very weak plot. Like you just took like, I don't know, like YouTube clips of sort of like fan like fanfare things of what people think Marilyn was like during the off time. <laughs> and it's like bizarre because I remember Netflix was hyping it up. It's like we're gonna tell you like the un untold story of, of Marilyn Monroe and like you mean Norma Jean yeah that's it <laughs> that's who we're talking about I don't know if it was Netflix or like one of the other streamers actually like had a different like an actual like documentary about Marilyn Monroe that I think got like much more like better reception than the blonde did like a more like biography style like yeah history like, channel take on it yeah like an actual like documentary with like like archival footage and like not a, not, a, not a weird, crazy NC-17, like, yeah, conversation I mean, of it. I, I accidentally, like, watched, like, the Unity clips not knowing it's part of, like, Blonde. I was just like, oh, like, check out this. And you're, like, looking at it, and you're like, is this some, that's probably high quality for this, like, artsy nude thing. And I was like, oh, oh, wait, this is Blonde, isn't it? Why is this happening? Like, why doesn't, why is she just tossing around the bed? I mean, I'm fine with it when I'm in the mood, but if I'm just in, want to be entertained, I'm like, this is, this goes on for how long? Mm-hmm. It, I think it's like an art house film, and that's the problem. People like were expecting it to be not an art house film, like more of like a just a more traditional like biopic. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the problem. And then once people realize it's more, it's just like a like someone's weird like ego project or mm-hmm. or like fan like their love letter to Marilyn and just like yeah look at the beauty and like the 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 struggle to deal with this fame and the pressure isn't it sad like I guess but can you <laughs> add some more drama can we get into like I don't know a situation maybe yeah well she well on Emerson's prize is that is probably not gonna win. That'd be like that'd be yeah. like the shocking the most shocking of all shocks if like <laughs> if she, she won over Michelle off. Yeoh. But um, yeah, I think I think it's yeah it's it's Michelle Yeoh and then the like p- potentially like it could like possibly also Kate Blanchett like, but I think Michelle Yeoh is like the like definitely like the the front yeah. runner. I don't know. I feel like Kate Blanchett's too obvious. Michelle Yeoh is like again the like hopeful winner. The community's rallying behind her. That is just like that's what the fans demand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, if Armis comes in from like from downtown <laughs> slam dunk, like yeah. best actress in the worst movie, like yep. what? 
So, um, best supporting actor. So we have uh, Brendan Gleeson for the Banshees and Sharon, uh, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, uh, Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans, uh, Barry Keoghan for the Banshees and Sharon, and uh, Kihi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And I believe Kihi Kwan has like won every single <laughs> award that for up to this point. So he is, I, I think, uh, like people are basically like like he is a lock. Like this is basically his award. You know what's interesting? Like, Brian Gleason is like he was like the co-star in that movie. Like he's a he's not he's almost like the main he's the yeah, you know, he's, sharing... he's, yeah he's like the co-lead with Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah so that, that's all that, like confused. That's about, that's like... it's all it's all the weird like politics of like what what a, who, like do, like how to quantify they, that they didn't they don't like they didn't want like split the votes but like they wanted like. Like Confirmed to go like on a like they didn't want like him and Brendan Gleeson to be like in Best Actor together maybe to split because if people like split the votes between them or something but then you're but then you still have like Barry Keoghan in there so it's like you're still splitting the votes between <laughs> your two your yeah. two like supporting actors quote unquote so one of them is legit supporting actor the other one's your co lead yeah that, I think that's why it's easy for Kiki to get votes for support because she legit is like the supporting character she's not like. Wait, Another wait. lead like Michelle Yao. Oh, wait, wait, you, wait. <laughs> you, just, you say Kiai Kwan is like. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Like, I, I was thinking the daughter character. Um. We're, yeah, we're, we're getting. We're, yeah, we're getting that in a second. Yeah. So like, no, him Kwan doing it makes sense. He's sort of like the second fiddle in the story. Yeah. He's not the one with the actual power, so makes sense. Where he's a legit supporting actor. As sucky as it is to say, but he's like, no, he's short round. But yeah, he he was incredible in that movie. Like just like his like dramatic acting, like his his like comedic acting, acting, his like Jackie Chan style action sequences that he did. Like I mean, yeah, like if he wins, like super super well deserved. And and, and if, if he and Brendan Fraser both won, that'd be like an amazing like comeback, like feel good, like. One two punch. Yeah, like legit. Like the wards are not. It's like two for one. You know, it's like they're fan favorites, and their body work was good. It wasn't just like, oh, we think you're pretty. You know, get here's yeah. an award. That that's like that's the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So best best supporting actress. Uh, we have Angela Bassett for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So that's so the the first MCU acting. Uh. Oscar nomination. Um, Hong Chow for The Whale. Uh, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Anna Sharon. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everything All at Once. And Stephanie Su for Everything Everything All at Once. Yeah, I think that's what I was confusing for. For uh, supporting. So what, wait, this category is technically what? You have less screen time than everyone? I, I mean, I guess, I guess that's like the idea or <laughs> I don't I don't think screen time really matters because like like obviously we were, we were just talking about like yeah Brendan Gleeson's in is in like a hundred percent of Banshees of Sharon so it's like but then but then like Judd Hirsch is in like literally like one scene of the Failments. So it's yeah, like I think like even Alec Baldwin got an Oscar a nominee or an award for just his one scene in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. But it's like yeah, it's so weird to think that's the rule. Yeah, I like yeah, it's 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 a very vague difference between 
sometimes uh, like best supporting, best and then best lead. <laughs> so, um, I, th- I think I think this category is like I, from what I've like read and watched, like this, this category is pretty kind of wide open too. I think Jamie Lee Curtis might be like the front runner a little bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, there's not really like a like definite like it's not it's not like like uh like a Kiki Kwan. There's like no like <laughs> like no one's no one's like out in front like uh, like oh they're definitely gonna win <laughs> like but I think yeah Jamie Lee Curtis or Stephanie Shu were both uh fantastic so like either of them would be uh definitely. My choices. I've heard. I've heard Hong Chao is also like really good in the whale. Uh, like, it's like, like basically, basically like, the, like, like, co- like co-star with Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think she's like his like, um, like social worker or something. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. nurse. Yeah. I like read the plot synopsis of it, and uh, she does play significant roles. She's not in a lot of the scenes. But when they are, they're very powerful. She's sort of the reminder character who shows up to see, like, you know, like, oh, I'm here to help you, but you should help yourself. Mm-hmm. So she's the, like, if it's dramatic, like, it's always dramatic when she shows up. So uh, some of the other categories. Uh, best international feature film. Uh, so we have All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, Argentina, 1985. Close. EO and the Quiet Girl, and I'm just gonna like just put out my biggest snub or like biggest like bafflement. Like, where's RR? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Like, so RR the only nomination RR got was uh for best original song for uh Natu Natu, which is like the big like if you've seen like the dance number from RR, that's the song from the dance number. So that's the, that's the only nomination it got, which is just that's like, <laughs> I mean, RR is is just like such an insane, awesome, crazy movie. Like it should have like definitely should have got like at least best uh, best international feature film <laughs> nom, if not other nominations. But hopefully, hopefully it wins best original song, so it, it wins something. Uh, the, the other the other original songs are um, applause from Tell It Like a Woman, uh, Hold My Hand from Top Gun. Lift Me Up from Black Panther, and then This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Wait, did that have a theme song? I don't remember that. Like, that's apparently it's a, it was a David Byrne song. I don't remember that movie, the song in the movie. Um, I mean, I, I saw everything, everything. I saw that movie like a while ago, so <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it was like the credit song. I don't remember it, but. Yeah, I, would, I definitely I definitely rooting for Not Too Not Too. Um, hold my hand. That was fine. That was like a throwback, fun like throwback '80s power ballad from Lady Gaga. So I straight up forgot she did the theme song to Yeah, that was, Top I mean, Gun that, Maverick. That, that was that was that was basically like the like take my breath away for <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. And then um. Best visual effects. This is the this is the, the category where like we usually get like our you know our 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 movies like our blockbusters, our superhero movies, <laughs> action movies and stuff. But we have, um, All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Batman, 
Black Panther: Wakanda Forever and Top Gun: Maverick. And I don't I don't know how Avatar would lose this category. <laughs> Did it win when it happened the first time? Yeah, and and like the visual effects are even better this time around. Like it's like almost for like it's, it's almost like photorealistic at times in the Avatar: Way of Water. So it's like if that doesn't win, like what are we doing? <laughs> like what else? Like you've you've made they made nine like nine foot tall blue cat people like look like actual living creatures. <laughs> Like that, like it's like you're looking through a window. It's like another world. Like, and like all, the, I mean, all the other ones are like, yeah. I mean, there's visual effects in them. <laughs> but yeah, this movie is a visual effect, like focus. A- a- Avatar, the entire movie is a visual effect. There's like literally like there's like there's like three human characters in that movie. <laughs> And then uh, last, last character we'll talk about is uh, best animated feature. So we've got uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. I like Turning Red. I didn't know that was the only animated movie from last year. I I I have to, I I gotta try to watch the Sea Beast because I've heard that's amazing. Like that that, that was uh, on Netflix. Is that the Carl Urban one? Ka- Carl Urban, they're like it's like they're like monster hunters, like like sea sea monster hunters. Yeah, and he's almost like the he's like a family friendly sea monster hunter, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think I think it's from the same team that made uh, How to Train Your Dragon. And then, and I've heard, I've heard Guillermo Torres Pinocchio is also amazing. I, I probably, I probably should watch that at some point soon here too. <laughs> no, I was thinking the Pinocchio that Disney won, and I was like, oh Hi. boy, oh boy, you didn't think that won anything. Did, did you know? Did you notice there was three Pinocchio movies last year? Yep. The, like, so there's there's Guillermo Torres, there's Disney, and then there's a Polly Shore <laughs> voiced one from like Russia. Yeah, and then the sad, sad uh, Netflix one. Well, that's the Gamatora one, yeah. Where, oh, where yeah. It, it's set in like World War, World War Two Italy, or like pre World War Two Italy, where it's like all about fascism. And that one is like super um, m- moody and emotional, and has like it, it totally strays from the original source. Yeah, I feel, I feel, like, I feel like that's got to be the front runner though, because like people like that got like such rave reviews. Although I mean, people people love Marcelo's shell with shoes on too. I heard about that movie. I didn't know that like what that is. It's based. Have you ever? Did you ever see like the, the shorts? It's like Jenny Slate. She like did a bunch of, like little, these little shorts where she voices Marcel. No. It's it's like it's, it's kind of shot like a documentary, which you're just like you're like just like following like Marcel, who's like this like little like shell with like <laughs> like a googly eye, and just like just wa- like wandering around like this like little like it's like a micro world it's like all, all it's like from like Marcel's perspective so it's all like it's like oh the shoe but it's like a the shoe is like a size of like a, a building or something it sounds trippy to watch because I feel like it's more of a visual fun but I I never heard of this movie until now yeah I've heard Puss in Boots is also like amazing 
like people are like saying it's like like it's it just it keeps making money at the box office like just like it is like it's not losing business and like apparently like because and it has it has like um like some some sort of that like spider verse style of like it's like it's like 3d but then like it looks like a hint like a hand drawn like or like a hand painted uh painting at times so it's, so it's so it's really like breaking away from like the like shrek universe like 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 animation style Gotcha. But yeah, I, I'll, I, I'll see it because you know it, it's it, it's sort of like this dark era Puss in Boots and Shrek's totally not in it. So it's in the same universe, but it's like set in the future. Yeah, definitely. I, I think this definitely also shows like it was like Disney animation didn't have like Disney slash. Pixar didn't have the best year last year because obviously turning red is there is the is the choice but like Lightyear I think we we talked about it that's a weird movie <laughs> uh Strange World that like Bob that was a horrific Bob at the box office I mean I don't, I don't did they have it I don't think they had anything else I think it was like the, yeah it was like turning red Lightyear Strange World. That was it. Um, huh. I, well, I mean, they had Chip and Dale, but that was like that was only that, that was that would that wouldn't qualify for Oscars because it, it never got a theatrical release. But yeah, Chip and Dale, I would have gave. <laughs> they, sh- they should they should have put it in theaters for like a week just so they could got like qualified for an Oscar. Oh, okay. So like, I just looked at what popper movies like came out in 22 animated wise. Yeah. Uh, the bad guys. I'm I'm kind I'm kind of a little bit surprised that it didn't get nominated just because like that had like also like a very like unique art style. Although I mean it was the Spider Verse art style, but and I feel like that, I feel like that also got like pretty like it was like pretty well received. Uh, there was an Ice Age movie. I'm not sure if that came to theaters. <laughs> yeah. The Lila Crocodile that went to theaters. Yeah. Uh, Super Pets. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think a lot of people were surprised that Wendell and Wilde didn't get nominated. Like the like like the Henry Selleck like that stop motion anime like Key and Peele Henry Selleck stop motion animated movie from uh, Netflix. Yeah, but I think that's that's the only streaming. I think I think I think it got like a week or like some like a very short theatrical run, so that hmm. so they could qualify. How is Minions: The Rise of Gru not an Oscar? <laughs> yeah. That was like, a, yeah. I mean, people saw it as a joke, but also was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking uh, at the list too. Like, there's there's quite a there's quite a few like animated movies, but like a lot of them didn't like were in theaters. They were like streaming. Yeah, like I, I'm the ones I just talked about were just the ones that went were actually in theaters. So. Like the Bob's Burger movie, I think was in theaters. It was, yeah. I just haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so, that, so that's that's those, those are some of the Oscar categories. You can check out the full list over on the site. And uh, March twelfth is when the awards are going to be given out. So we'll be back in March to talk about the winners. And uh, we'll also check back on the site. Basically, the week before the Oscars, we'll have our 
annual Kick-Ass Awards, where we'll give our awards out for uh, a variety of categories. But uh, moving on, let's talk about some trailers. And we got the we got a new trailer this week for Shazam, the Fury of the Gods, or Fury of the Gods. Um, one of the, one of the weird like DC dead ends for game this year, along with like Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom, where it's like this was this is already like well on the way before James Gunn and Peter Safran took over, and but like it has it's not going to have any effect on what they're doing in the future, and it, like this is just like nothing in this movie is going to like affect anything going forward. So it's just like a weird, like, does it matter? I mean, hopefully it'll still be fun, but like, <laughs> it's the last hurrah. The last hurrah. Yeah. One. Yeah. God, I, I can't even imagine if they like, if they do like a, like a post credit scene, trying to set up some sort of like big, crazy, like future thing. It's just like, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be hinting towards black Adam. All right, like you can't oh just have a black. Oh my god! Head. I I hope they're I I hope they're that'd be hilarious. Because it has to take place during the same time as Black Adam, right? I I I don't I'm not sure when Black Adam like <laughs> is taking place. Well, maybe yeah, hopefully there's, hopefully there's some sort of like reference or like you're like oh man, you guys see this crazy stuff that's happening in Kondok? <laughs> like. But uh, yeah, and it, but Shazam: Fear the Gods. It's it's set a few years after uh the first movie, the first Shazam, and uh every, every Billy Billy Batson and his entire family are are all still you know they all they all got powers at the end of the first Shazam. Now they're all superheroes. Um, but then the daughters of Atlas show up, which is Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, and they believe that they're like the rightful like they they should be the ones wielding the power. Um. Because it basically came from like their father, Atlas, and like the other gods, um, and so so they're basically they're like they want the power back, and then they're willing to destroy the entire world to get it if if, it, if they need to. So then the whole the whole Shazam family has to team together, team up, and stop them. Uh, that's cool because you got to see more of them, especially last movie. So. Yeah, it, it it does like in, in the trailer, it looks like like I don't know if like the daughters of Atlas can like select their powers away, but it looks like maybe we're gonna get like oh everyone's the power except for Billy at the end. <laughs> like oh, they're taking them away. Wow. It, it looks like they have the ability to maybe like select their powers out or something, and like because like they're like there's a bunch of shots where like it's like one of one of Billy's like brothers and sisters like gets like zapped and they're just like turned back to like their normal self, and then it's like they're like falling out of the sky or something. So it's like. It seems like Helen Mirren and Lucy Luke can like take their powers away from them. And then, it, then it seems like it, yeah, it definitely seems like it's gonna like all come down to like uh, Shazam slash Billy to like to stop them. I also I also feel like I don't know if you like you saw this trailer, Chris, but like I I feel like we got a lot of like third act of this trailer <laughs> like. I feel like yeah, got, they start I, fighting. I, I did in, see in, like that the rain, like there's like the rainy like, like we're like it's like oh, Billy's gonna sacrifice himself to like stop them. Like that feels like the third act. Yeah, yeah. It, it. I feel like in a shitty way, if they did a like Billy either is you know uh, not killed but sort of like missing or 
maybe ascends to a different realm. And then it's like, maybe we'll sa- we'll save him in the sequel movie. <laughs> it's like, he gets, he, he gets locked in, a, in like a stone tomb like Black Adam was. <laughs> like, yeah. Or he gets dumped underwater. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'll see it on HBO Max. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably see it in theaters. I, 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 the first one was fun. Hopefully this one's still like still fun. Um, it does like this this trailer like definitely had like a slightly darker tone than like the first trailer. Like it looks like you know there's like a lot of like oh Billy you're gonna like sacrifice yourself for like you're gonna make the, like you're, make the ultimate like <laughs> yeah you, you know, like like put yourself on the uh, on the line to like stop this and like it and like. Like they're like Helmir and like like destroying the entire world, <laughs> so. Um. But yeah, hope, hopefully it still has like the like you know like like the the wacky like comedy still because that was like one of the, like the that was like what made like Shazam like definitely like like stand out from like the other like DC universe movies at the time. So uh, this this gonna be March seventeenth this year, so you can get ready for that, and then. We also got the first trailer for uh, a Netflix movie that's coming next month. Uh, we have a ghost, which stars uh, Anthony Mackie and David Harbour. And uh, this looks like a crazy movie. <laughs> um, so David Harbour is a ghost named Ernest who is living in his house. And then Anthony Mackie and his family move in and they, 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 see, they see Ernest and they, they catch him on film. And then he becomes like a viral sensation, but then the CIA shows up for some reason, led by Tick Tintaro, <laughs> and then they're also trying, like, they're also trying to like like help, like the, the one that the like Anthony Mackie's son is like trying to help uh, David Harbour like try to like remember like his like past life and like what happened to him. Uh, yeah, like they're also the CIA sort of like Ghostbusters. They have ghost not- capturing technology. Yeah. So ghosts are not only real, but like there's an a weird MIB agency, yeah, ready for this moment. It kind of like just watching the trailer, like, it, it kind of feels like this could be a mess of just like there's like way too much, like there's way too many ideas in one movie. Yeah, I think like, the movie was just like about the family and the ghosts living together. That's yeah. Something. But yeah, then the it, FBI, it's like, it, it is like weird E.T. Because like the kids are trying, like the teens are trying to help the ghost. The ghost wants to go somewhere, like. Yeah, but and, and also David Harbour, he, he can't talk. And he, and he, has he to, can only like, scream, though, which is weird. I, I guess, yeah, make, 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 make noises, but he can't like actually like speak. Yeah, so there's like, yes, yeah, so it's, like, it's like the haunted house aspect. There's like the like mystery aspect. There's like. The like uh like Jennifer Coolidge is like a psychic, <laughs> and then the, like the, the like the viral viral internet sensation aspect of it. There's like the CIA plot aspect of it. It's like there's a, there's like a lot going on. I but I feel like that Jennifer Coolidge part is just like a one cameo. Off, one off, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not like she comes back for much. We could be wrong. Maybe she shows up and it's like she's secretly like Ernest's killer. I, I do I do have faith though because it's um Christopher Landon's directing it who hasn't let us down yet like because he's directed like the Happy Death Day movies and Freaky which are all which are all great so hopefully this will be <laughs> as good like 
uh, of like a fun movie like those were. Yeah, they're they're uh, like fun parodies. Though I mean, those those had like like I feel like like they had like one thing going on that was like freaky, a killer and a girl swap swap bodies, and, like it's like Happy Death Day, like, it's like it's Groundhog Day, but with like with a slasher movie. This is and this is like four different ideas in one movie so hopefully they can wrangle it and it's it, it is like a fun horror yeah, comedy yeah. kind of um it's gonna be february 24th is when that's out on uh netflix so you can check that out when that starts streaming and then uh last trailer is we got the trailer for the harley quinn a very problematic valentine's day special which is going to be on hbo max on february 9th so i guess it's like kind of like the stopgap until we get an actual like new full season of Harley Quinn. But uh yeah, as 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 the title suggests, it's it's a Valentine's Day special. You got like uh all the entire like Harley Quinn gang is like getting into like various romantic hijinks. You got like Harley's trying to like go overboard, trying to like plan like the perfect like Valentine's Day for Ivy because they're, it's their first Valentine's Day together as a couple. And then Bane is like going on a date and like trying to like get like Etchkin the demon to like help him live with like enhance some things and like Clayface is also like in, involved in some sort of like romantic like plot so I thought Harley and and uh Ivy were married they didn't get married they, like so like Harley they it, Harley interrupted like Ivy and Kite Man's wedding and then right. they okay. and they like were like oh we love each other but then it, they didn't but they didn't get married they just like went off on like they're like like uh, what was it like the? I oh, was there t- it was like it was the e-bank. I think it was like the e- e-bank kill tour or something. They called it. Gotcha. I was like, oh, I kind of remember like something else happening. Yeah, but it it it, it looks like like the the usual like Harley Quinn shenanigans. So so it should be pretty fun. It's 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 so weird seeing this and then like like um like all all the reactions to like Velma. Yep. From <laughs> the like, same network. Yeah, and like like and, and Velma's like so clearly like trying hard so hard to be like to be Harley Quinn and failing horribly at it. Yeah, I I saw like the first two episodes of Velma and it's just like it's trying to be Harley Quinn. But they just did not land right. Animation is actually not bad. It's just, it just the the characters are just like there's no break. Every character is just like this caricature of what you think they should be. Yeah, and like and like changed like changed for no reason. <laughs> like I get I get changing it just because, but they really it, when your main hero is just sort of like an ass. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like they're likable. Harley's like she understands. There's some moments, and at least in the show, if she wants to be bad. There's still like some parts where she um still has a like a glimmer of well, being likable. Well, Harley Quinn, they're like they're like everyone's an actual character, even if they're like totally like outrageous and ridiculous. But like they actually have like character arcs and like motivations and like. You like you understand like where they're coming from. Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, freaking Velma doesn't. Velma has a um, kind of like she's being a dick just to be a dick. Yeah. 
Like she, she, they're trying to be like, make her like Rick. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it's like, oh, I'm an asshole, but it's like, at least he has moments where he reveals like he's hiding something, his true tension. But when Velma reveals her true and stuff, it's just like, no, like you, this is still not a good reason. And that's only the first two episodes. I, I imagine it gets worse from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any of it, but I, I've just re- re- been reading like a lot of stuff. And yeah, everyone everyone just says like, oh, it just gets worse and worse. Definitely watch like the first two episodes. And, like watch the first episode to get see because I thought the first episode is again animation wise it, it like oh okay like it's a very um, different take on the character. You know, like how people shout on the accounts of Harley Quinn being like this like terrible lead and very unlike characteristic of her but she's like charming you know like in, she's enduring velma just comes off very aggressive and very like like there's just no reason for her to be this bitchy or be this bit like just kind of like shitty you know mm-hmm. just like oh and then when they kind of show the soft spot it's like you've done too much damage to recover in the same episode for us to forgive you or understand the motive. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, Har- give me more Harley Quinn. And then, again, if you're going to tempt something like Harley Quinn, like, get that right. It's the same. I understand if another network tried to make a Harley Quinn show, right? If, like, Netflix tried to make a Harley Quinn show and they didn't get that right, I understand, right? Yeah. I think this is the same. It's on the same platform. Yeah. <laughs> or just, or just not like, don't do like, don't do Scooby Doo. Like, just do your own make original new, thing. Make a whole, yeah, make or, a whole new original thing. Or, or like use it, use a like a, a more obscure character or something that like people are are gonna like, don't have like decades of like beloved attachment to. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like other shows have done the gritty rework i guess or whatever yeah and you also, call uh, it. And also like this like the like the like scooby-doo parody stuff has already been done like so much better in like adventure brothers and like a, a bunch of like south park <laughs> and, like it, like it's, it's been done a bunch of times already and uh and then also like the like the like james gunn movies were like self-aware and like or like making like making fun of scooby-doo but also like like being like true to the scooby-doo like like formula and like tone and then also I, I, also like people love like um was it mystery incorporated it was like like people is people love was like the, like one of the best like scooby-doo versions which is also like very like like it was like it was like very self-aware and like, like meta but like like still like a, still an actual like scooby-doo show <laughs> like like velma doesn't even have scooby-doo in it <laughs> no, it's so early they didn't know what to do with even if they add Scooby Doo, she would just probably insult him. Like that's how weird, like really aggressive this character is. And and it also it also like like erases like a pup named Scooby Doo, which is, is totally uh like that's un unforgivable. <laughs> like Well, okay. I mean, dogs grow fast, as sad as that is. So I yeah. understand why Scooby-Doo Tenu can be a pup when they find him later. It ends with, like, getting a puppy and then, like, them raising it. 
raising him to be a, a pup named Scooby-Doo is the superior. I, I haven't seen Velmi up. I'm, I'm just gonna assume a pup named Scooby-Doo is the superior <laughs> Scooby-Doo prequel. Does Velma have red herring? Uh, no, no. She just blames <laughs> a like a, a character literally named Red Herring that like Freddy uses every episode. Yeah, and all, and like sweet, sweet music for every in every episode, just like for like chase scenes and like the theme song. Yeah, that's true. Pop, I, they did have a good song. So I, I get the superior, but if you want the more adultish version, I understand what they're... I, I, that's the thing. That's the crazy thing. I understand what they were trying to do. And then I just also don't understand how they got it wrong. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, watch watch Harley Quinn. Uh, probably don't, don't watch Velma unless you're like morbidly curious about it. But let's let's talk about some other DC stuff on HBO Max because we got we're gonna, we'll get into some TV cancellations or renewals uh, for our next news segment here. And uh, Titans and Doom Patrol are both uh, going to end with their current seasons. So they are so I think both shows are in the middle of their fourth season right now. Um, they they it was the each each, each show had had like a twelve episode fourth season split into two chunks of six episodes. So um, the the last six episodes for each show are going to be their last episodes, like <laughs> series finale episodes. Although I guess, I guess they um, they were aware that that probably was going to be the case, so they 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 did plan to, to have these last episodes be like series finales. It's actually just like end on a weird cliffhanger or something. So like they are going to end properly, which is good. But yeah, but both those shows are going to wrap up in like. Within like next couple months here. That sucks because like that definitely was on my radar to watch, and it's like once I get into it, I'll be like, oh cool, and then it's over. Well, at least at least at least at least we know it's like it it, it does have an ending, so like you could like you don't have to, like be like, do I really want to start this even if it's gonna if it's not gonna like end like <laughs> in like a satisfying way. Uh, I, I guess I, actually we don't know if it's gonna end in a way or not because we don't really know what the ending is. But like, at least at least we know it has an ending that we can like <laughs> like build up to. And I guess, and I, guess I guess James Gunn like went on uh, Twitter I think and it was like, oh this this is like planned before I took over, so this is like a pre me. Yeah, it was it was already in the works before he. Uh, he and Pierce Saffron took over DC, the DC universe. Yeah, and he's just doing it to cover his buff. People are just, like, <laughs> yelling at him. Yeah. So, uh, we also got some news that uh, The Simpsons are, are renewed again for two more seasons. So, they're renewed up through 2025. Um, they'll bring The Simpsons up to 36 seasons. And they're gonna pass uh, during what like within like those two new seasons they're gonna pass 800 episodes. Wow. That yeah that is insanity. <laughs> I remember when Simpsons got to the 600 episode premiere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's like that that was like three years ago. Now it's 800. Maybe four years ago they did 600. So. I think, I think six, each season is like 20, 20 episodes. 20 episodes. 20 something episodes. Yeah. 
I think it's like two seasons a year. Well, I mean, it goes from like September to like April or March usually, or March or April usually. So. Oh, and, and and Family Guy and Bob's Burgers are also renewed for new seasons, but obviously they're not. They have not been on as long as uh, The Simpsons has. Have you have you seen any like recent Simpsons, Chris? No, no, I'm behind on a few. Uh, I need to catch up. I'm actually I've been slowly watching season ten, I think. Okay. On Disney Plus, like now and then, when I'm like have some downtime during my job, I'll just like put it on, put in the background. You know, some people some people say that's when it started going downhill, but I think season ten is still a pretty strong season. Uh, like people, like people. Like a lot, a lot of people will say, like the cutoff is like, like season nine's last great episode, like great season. Yeah, the one I I'm sorry, watched is where Homer thinks he's gonna die, and so he tries to live his best life. I, I think I just got to the Treehouse of Horror where like he dies from choking on broccoli. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you remember that. And then it's like him trying to get to like heaven by doing good deeds. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I when I at the time when I played the Simpsons Tap Out game, like when they first started, I was on track, and then I just stopped watching The Simpsons, but I stopped playing that game. So when they start introducing new things, I was like, I don't know what this is anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Snake Bashing Day. You didn't know what Wacky know, like Day a, was? Wacky Day one. I, I kind of remember that one, but I don't remember. That was super early. That was like season three or four. Was it? Yeah. But you see, like, my not. There was like so much going on. I was like, I don't remember this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't study. Because also, this was before Disney Plus. So, like, unless you had The Simpsons on DVD or you watched a lot of it early somehow, mm-hmm. I just was like really spotty and trying to watch Simpsons growing up. And then. The only way to watch it, like, on repeat was, like, like how do you remember how to watch Simpsons that wasn't just on Fox now and then? Like, it wasn't syndicated yet. It was just, like, once in a while. And this is before FX, I think. Well, I, I remember it definitely was on, I don't, I don't know what season they got, to, at what point it started being, like, <clears throat> started airing and, like, not, like, it was, like, I remember it was on, like, twice, it was, like, it was, like, 6 to 6.30, like, every day. Uh, like my local fox or something when i was like a kid <laughs> yeah, was, I, guess it, I guess i didn't watch a lot of simpsons yeah it, it definitely it definitely was like syndicated or like it was like you could like they had there were like reruns around all the time like uh on like the local like fox channels and then and, and then obviously like yeah fx when fx got the rights that they obviously did like the like crazy like marathons and stuff and now, yeah, I think now, I watched more during the marathons. Yeah, now Disney Plus, and then the the DVDs are also like a huge thing too. Like like everyone was, everyone was like collecting the DVDs of the seasons yep. too. I have like the first four seasons on DVD, and I just stopped collecting them because they were getting kind of like pricey. But and just because of like the onslaught of it, I was like, wait, it's like thirty. Imagine owning thirty volumes of these DVDs. And they also started doing like the like really terrible like head cases and like the weird like not 
because they they're doing like the, the, the you know the, the, the boxes. simple simple boxes that like fit right on your shelf and it's like here's Homer's head that doesn't fit really well on the shelf like now it's like whatever weird shape that doesn't fit the shelf <laughs> like oh I know I I've got the Homer one which is like it I have no good place to put this it's mm-hmm. so goddamn annoying yep. But uh, yeah, a couple a couple other uh, cancellation renewal news. Um, the Noah Centineo show, The Recruits, on Netflix, got renewed for season two. It's like a like spot. Like, I think he's like a rookie like CIA agent. Um, Didn't that just premiere like last that was month? De- yeah, it's December. I think it was yeah the last month. It was like middle of December that it premiered. So pretty quick renewal for that one. I haven't seen it yet. It's I added it to my watch list, but I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> It was weird. It was weird that like that show and then like the Charlie Cox like treason. I think it was, it was a traitor or treason came out. It was like they were like within like, like a week of each other. It was basically the same, almost the same show. It was just like CIA uh, or like espionage thrillers. Espionage oh, that, is so hot right now. I think I think I think the Charlie Cox show was a limited series. Um, so it's not, it, there was not, not going to be a third season of that one anyway. So. And then uh, speaking of Netflix stuff, uh, Cobra Kai, it was it was announced that the upcoming sixth season is going to be the final season of that show. Which on the one hand it's sad, but on the other hand, like it makes sense because like they're they're going to like a like international like karate tournament for the, for this, like last season. Like where do, like where do you go after that? Like you're, you're taking out the entire world now. Like. You fight aliens? <laughs> you go into space? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I feel like you told everything, and eventually you're just going to run out of, like, unless you do, like, a new class, but then the drama isn't the same. Like, yeah. You, you beat up the rivals. You, uh, you've taught the life lessons. Like, Johnny, isn't Johnny, like, a whole new character by now? Like, he's kind of reformed. Oh, yeah. Like he's got a, a redemption. He does he have like a girlfriend now? Yeah, he he's got a girlfriend. They they're having a baby. Like he's like like a, a good dad to his like son now. Like he's like basically a stepdad to like uh uh you know like <laughs> uh Miguel like is like is like a star student and like he and Daniel are friends now. Like yeah, so it's like now what? Well, I mean that was yeah that was the whole like like. That's the whole like kind of like last couple episodes of, like the last of season five was like they were they were kind of fighting Cobra Kai to like get into like this there's like this international like uh cry tournament that's like it's like basically whatever if you win that like you're like the best like do, like dojo slash school in the entire world they so well no, they got they got invited to that so now that's gonna be like the final season is like oh Cobra, like Miyagi Do is going to like this international tournament that's like whatever kubate or whatever to like and then if they win that they're they're, they're basically the best like cry like cry in the world so it's like that that's that's it that's like that's the, that's the that's the top like there's nowhere else to go if they if they win that so i mean what they could do is they give um like cobra kai dojo a redemption arc for no reason yeah i don't now it's were... their turn to see their story <laughs> they, they they were uh in shambles a bit at the end of the last season so 
I don't know. I feel like um, when the show is really showing that, like, not every bad guy stays a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Except, oh, and then it's like, everyone, except for some bad guys. Yeah, everyone is like, switched sides multiple times. <laughs> like, a bunch of people who are Cobra Kai's from now Miyagi-Do's, and the people who are on, like, in Miyagi-Do went to Cobra Kai, and, like... So is that the message, where it's like... Everyone, you just keep flip-flopping whenever you, it's convenient? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like, but, didn't Daniel's daughter flip or something? She, she, she didn't go to Cobra Kai, but she, like, um, there's a whole thing of, like, uh, Dale, like, Dale and Johnny were, like, kind of, like, a, like, it was, I think it was season three. They were, like, basically, like, they were te- they like had this like uneasy alliance to take down Cobra Kai because Terry Silver came back obviously, um. But then Daniel was getting upset because like his daughter was like taking taking some of like the like you know like aggressive more aggressive like eagle fang techniques, and he's like no you like that's not the way to do it you have to do, like do like defensive Miyagi Do. You got to be wait to be hit and then yeah. Which is like half of Miyagi's training. But then the lesson was like you have to like incorporate both. Like you like incorporating both is like the ultimate like uh form. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I'll combine the kick and a block. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But uh like it, it just what happens when you don't you just if not, you just introduce keep ramping up the villains. But mm-hmm. when they're grounded in reality, it's hard to go from there. Yeah, I mean, Ter- Terry Silver is a goddamn supervillain, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, you really can't go, like, and then, like, it really got, like, I love season five, but, like, it was so, it got so ridiculous in the best way, but, like, they basically brought in, like, f- like fucking, like, Sith Lords, <laughs> like, karate Sith Lords of, like... Wait, what? It was, like, Terry Silver brought in these, these like, like, these, like, like, other, like, uh, like, senseis, and they're all just, like, super evil... <laughs> Like basically, they're like him, but they're all just like his his same like like just like beating like beating suits down, torturing them to like get get the best performance out of them. So he was, he was basically like the emperor, and he had like all these like like Sith like Sith lords under him, basically. Damn. Anyway, yes, I think season six. I think is gonna be sometime this year. Um. Definitely, I'm definitely excited for it, but yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully, can wrap things up in a really cool, fun way. So, uh, other news, um, we found out, I think, end of last week, that uh, Biker Mice from Mars is coming back. The the '90s classic. For a third time. So, um, Nacell Company, which is the same, the company that brought you like the toys that made us, movies that made us, um. They've also been like like buying up a lot of these like other like kind of more obscure toy lines. They like they're bringing back Silverhawks and Roboforce and uh, like Barnyard Commandos, and, like, like some of these other like toy lines. But yeah, so they so they they have the rights to Biker Mars from Mars. They're going to be doing a new toy line in a new animated series. Okay, so like they did this in 2006. Like they were the reboot that people just forgot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they have like a PS2 game and a DS game, and it's just like it's not obscure totally because it's just a kids game. They're like kids games, 
But yeah, like it it's not like TMNT where uh the core concept is like like universally appealing. Like biker mice from Mars only makes sense when like you see a lot of bikers in your community. <laughs> and like it's set in America and it's like mm-hmm. I don't know. You just have to like it's such a nineties idea. You know, it's like it's like Cowboys and Moon Mesa is a very like niche concept, but even then it's like because of the popularity of cowboy media and stuff, that has a better chance. When's the last time people were like excited about like kid biker culture? Like you know, like family friendly biker things. It, yeah, definitely not family friendly. Like I mean Sons of Anarchy and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see they did Biker Mars from Mars and it's like basically uh like them trying to set up a drug empire or something gritty, you know, like mm-hmm. that makes sense. But if they're going for like family friendly, I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure this is gonna. This is this is like one season, and then it's like, don't be surprised that they don't come back. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so apparently, but apparently this is all coming sometime this year. So we're so new new biker mice toys, new a new animated series. Uh. And then yeah, I think I think that like they're like they're, they're still trying to get like a bunch of the other like like I think just, I think they've been working on like a like a possibly a new like Silverhawks cartoon like a new RoboForce cartoon, so they're really they're really like like leaning into like their like nostalgia, <laughs> uh like uh like they're like that's like their business model <laughs> right now it seems like because they do all all those nostalgia shows and Netflix and it's like we're just gonna we'll, we'll buy it we'll buy stuff and, like put it out. Okay. I mean, you own the rights. That's the hard part, I guess. And yeah. then, like, the now is like, okay, we'll test the waters and see where we can go with this. Oh, they also they also have sectors. Uh, that's another uh like property they bought. What sectors? Uh, they were they were like it was like an eighties eighties line. It was all like inse- It was like it was sort of like GI Joe because it was, it was like. There's action figures of like, and it was like, you know, the good bug people and the bad bug people. But the big, the big selling point was like, the, they had like these like big like bug toys that that you, you'd put your hand in like a hand puppet, and then you'd like you could like control the wings and like the like legs and stuff. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, I th- I think I had I had one of their like there was like a like dragonfly one and you basically you put your hand inside like it was like a it was like basically a black glove under the under the, like the bug toy and then that became like the bug's legs and then you could then you could like manipulate like like these like like rings and like little like little levers and stuff and then you'd like make the, like the wings flap and like the like other a couple other like action and stuff happen with it. They were. The, the the actual like the actual like figures were that were were kind of like generic and not that great but like the, the like the, the bugs that you got that like that were like these like giant like hand puppets were like definitely really cool. Was it one of those toys that like it sort of felt like two toys in one so that's what made it like fun. I think it was just like yeah it was just like unique like uh like this is like a puppet but it's also like an action figure. 
definitely remember like getting toys I think were like cool looking than actual like oh this makes sense to like a series or anything you know what I mean like they um it's sort of like a, it felt like a value to get and play with and it was like yeah this makes sense for my collection the 90s was like that like there'll be licensed toys that are from a sh uh, a comic or a tv show and then just like bait products that they would put out there in hopes that like the toys sold enough to then become a tv show to sell more toys yeah so I'm definitely, I'm definitely curious, like what the what these biker mice from Mars toys are gonna look like, <laughs> like these new, these like rebooted ones. Uh, I mean, as long as like, for me as a fan, if they look like the first generation, where they weren't all cybernetic looking, because if you look at the 2006 model, like it's, it's like a, it's like designed by committee look. Well, I feel like I feel like like all those all those I mean street trucks were like definitely like bulkier, but like a lot of the like, like the cows from Cowboys from Mesa and like the like you know Taxi Crusaders they they were all like copying like the the, the turtles like proportions oh, and like yeah. like they're all just like basically kind of like they 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 could all just like fit together and like they're like oh are these all from the same toy line because they seem like it. Although I think I, mean, I think Playmates like put out like Toxic Crusaders and Ninja Turtles and possibly coming through Mesa, so that made sense. Yeah, I think Street Sharks is the only ones that was by another company that just you could not fit them in any other universe. They were just like they were too big. Yeah, they're, they're bigger. Like they had like their their crazy rubbery rubbery skin. <laughs> I think even their vehicles were huge. Yeah. But yeah, see, yeah, but biker mice on the way sometime this year. Gary for that. I, I don't. Know, what, do they have a catchphrase? I don't remember what their catchphrase was. I don't know. Should be like rev your engine or something, you know, like yeah. Because because fantastic. Yeah, because like the street sharks were like were, like jawsome. Jawsome, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I feel like I feel like I didn't really watch a lot of biker biker mice bars. Like I saw maybe like a ep random episode here and there. You know, it was like on either really too early or like mm -hmm. right before school. So yeah, yeah, they definitely, they definitely were not part of like a popular like block. They were not like in like the like main block of like uh, shows. At... But uh, anyway, uh, last last bit news for this week is that uh, the Children of the Corn reboot uh, that I, I believe they shot during like. Uh, the, like COVID in like 2020 in like New Zealand because like New Zealand had like zero COVID going on. Um, and uh, Kurt Wimmer who directed uh like Equilibrium and a bunch of other like uh kind of action movies uh it directed is directing this new one. Um, Shutter has gotten the rights to uh the movie along with like RLJE Films, so it's gonna be. Uh, in theaters on March 3rd for 18 days, and it'll be on uh, Shutter on March 21st. After that, 
And uh, yeah, based based on the Stephen King story, obviously, it's gonna be same you know same plot, same premise, like kid, like kids going a bloody rampage around town because like a, a evil spirit in a cornfield possesses one of them and leads the others into a cult and they kill all the kill the other, all the adults. That's the basics. If you don't have that, you don't really have a children of the corn movie. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's hopefully it's a return to form of like the original one and not like the like the like ridiculous like children of the corn six or whatever they got up to. Yeah, I, I think after three is when like it gets weird. Um, I always confuse the title children of the corn and then. What's the movie with, like, all the... It's, like, pale kids of blonde Vill- hair. Village of the Damned. Village of the Damned, yeah. I always confuse the two. I mean, very similar premise of, like, evil kids. Although, the Village of the Damned kids had psychic powers, and they like they could, like, force people to kill themselves. I mean, Children of the Corner are just, like, rabbit kids that... Yeah, they, they just... They're they, normal? They, they themselves, yeah. Yeah, they, they, it's like, there's... the The actual monster doesn't really appear until the end of the movie and but for like a good amount of time it's just them being buck wild yeah until like two and three is like now there's an actual corn monster <laughs> mm-hmm. and then um yeah i think was it three had the return of the main villain of one I gotta watch like Cinemassacre's like review of Children of Corn, where you he watched like a couple of them. Yeah, and I've, I and obviously like I'm sure there's probably like uh, some sort of dark tower. <laughs> like I'm sure like the dark tower where they're all like there's like references that are like the, like like the corn monster <laughs> is like a, a monster in like the dark tower or something. Because why not? Because 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 everything everything Stephen King is like is tied to the Dark Tower. But uh, yeah, if you want if you want to watch the new uh, Children of the Corn, that's gonna be out soon uh, in like a two a couple months, uh, either in theaters or on Shutter. And uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for news this week. So I jump into show and tell. And uh, Chris, did you watch anything over the last week or so here? Uh. Let's see. Finally watched The Last of Us, the first episode. Okay. I'm going to watch the second one probably tomorrow. I like to pace it out. Mm-hmm. So. And they're pretty, I mean, they're, they're, they're solid hour episodes, too. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first uh, one was like an hour and 20 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. The first one felt like a whole movie if they just, like, sped it up. Yeah. But I like the slow burn of it. I enjoy the prologue to the main focus of the series because it really builds up the world it builds up the the like the realistic nature of like joel like we had a life you know yeah. he was a working man and a loving father mm-hmm. yeah and yeah then, they definitely they add they add much more of like the day before everything goes bad because mm-hmm. the game cause the game basically starts out and it's like an hour before everything goes bad <laughs> and so had, like you spend a little bit of time like walking around the house as like Sarah, and then <laughs> everything everything explodes. The um, did they ever mention what happened to Joel's wife? I don't think so. Yeah, I thought they might explain that, but they just don't. 
So, you know, it, it, it gets you right what you need to be on, like, the character, the setting. And I showed this to Janice without a warning about anything. Like, she really knew nothing about it besides mm-hmm. it's based on a video game. And she kind of thought this whole thing was the movie. And then when it got near, like, the halfway point, I turned to her. I said, hey, you know, this is a TV show. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, like, this is just, like, the first episode. <laughs> she was so invested. She was just, like, super ready to watch this adventure between father and daughter. I was like, oh, I probably should have said that. Because I think it's more gut-wrenching where you don't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you definitely don't know what, don't know what happens to, like, Joel before, like, <laughs> the 20-year jump. Mm-hmm. And it's, even, it's, it's, like, even worse on the show because you get to know Sarah even more. Of like, yeah. Like, like, you can, see, like, follow her around, like, on her day before. And like, there's, yeah, just more of her, like, you know her a little bit more as a character. So then it's, like, it's like oh, I really liked her. Oh, God, she's dead. <laughs> the most did perfect way did possible. she do, like, the birthday surprise, too, with, like, the watch? She does, she does in the game, yeah. Okay. But, but you don't, you don't, in the game, you don't see her, like, go and buy the watch or, or like, fix the watch or anything. Yeah, that's all, like, she, I she, don't she, just, she, just, she just has it, and then, like, it's, it's that whole scene where, like, like, that, the line where, she, line where, like, Joel's like, oh, where'd you get the money? And she's like, I saw her with drugs. Like, that's, like, right, that's, like, right from the game. It's, like, literally line for line from the game. I see. But and then, I, and then I enjoy. It. Yeah, and yeah, uh-huh. you, you get more of like you get to see more of like what like Boston like twenty like twenty whatever twenty 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 three Boston or whatever is or twenty twenty three Boston is like um because like, because the the game didn't really show like Joel having to like throw kids into bonfires and stuff like yeah that that part where you see the kid and he's infected supposedly yeah uh is a nice like show don't tell moment and then joel just being who he is after just like his pain is sort of like whatever i'm doing this to survive you know like don't care about the small problems like he's he's a big picture goal is to like get out Mm -hmm. so it has a very strong storytelling I uh, I have to go back and like I'm definitely going back to play the game because I I have the the remaster I I just don't want to play the remake yet mm-hmm. but the city in Boston uh is definitely like well detail like well shot to explain like the oppressed the like government policing. And the rebellion, the fireflies, mm-hmm. that's presented really well. Because I think in the game, like it's another quick chapter, just explain the basics, and then it's like, all right, now you're on. Now, now run and go like into the the danger zone. So definitely, episode two is the danger zone part, and I gotta get ready for that. I uh, definitely not gonna spoil anything for the like what i know and what janice doesn't so it's interesting for her to like like now that i know like oh right like if this is if you're watching this like a pure movie tv show experience like you're better off not knowing what happens just for that Mm -hmm. so it's interesting yeah i won't like 
at what point like anything from season two but episode two but like just the one thing is like you, you get you get the first like like clicker encounter on the show and it, it is it's it's fantastic just like the look the, the the look and like the movement they just totally nail it like everything else on the show like the, the clickers like look like straight out of the game they're still they're they're horrifying like It just like it, yeah, it just like it just the show just nails like the look, the tone, music, dialogue, ev- like everything. It's like it's this. Yeah, like, from, it, from what I'm hearing too, it's being praised as like what the best uh like video game to TV series adaptation without messing with like too many things. But they did say some people have said this, and I've read like Facebook news articles. That said, like, or like the headliners is like, this is where like it splits off slightly about the fungus, but I don't think that's gonna be super distracting. Well, they they change yeah they change some things, but like they changed it because it makes sense in the game, but doesn't make sense in a TV show. So they made it more like work better for a TV show, and it's still like the the same. It's still has the same like 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 uh, effect. Uh, yeah, it's it's still fungus. It's just like it works like a slightly different way. Yeah, as I figured, it's not like, oh no, the fungus is actually like a, you know, a VR simulator thing. Like what? I there's like there's like um there's like behind the scenes like little like things at the after if you you like fast forward through the credits like there's like a there's like interviews with like Craig Mazin and like Neil Druckmann, and they were talking like after episode two they're like they were talking about like what what they why they changed some things about the fungus and stuff and like the cordyceps. And they're and they're like yeah like in the game it's easy to like be like oh now you're in like the like the spore room you know you have to put your gas mask on and that, that makes sense for a game because it's, it's like a gameplay mechanic thing mm-hmm. but like but like if you live action TV show in the real world it's like like spores wouldn't just like be like locked into one room or like one area they'd just be like airborne everywhere and everyone would be like literally every single person would be infected but be like no chance of not getting infected. So that's so that's why they changed it. Like they changed like the way like the like, infection works. Like it's like and the, but it's still based on like actual like mushroom like fungal like science. Like it's like now it's like these like tentacles that like come out of like people's mouths and like but it's, it's like a real like you know like cordyceps fungus like infection vector. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a cordyceps like infected bug and it's like yeah, it comes out as like tendrils so they can sort of feel around and gauge like where their host is yeah and it, and it, 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 it introduced another like kind of like like real life thing where it's like the the fungus is like a like a, a a living like web membrane and like if you like step on like a fungus in one area it'll like alert like the entire like chain down the line so you could like you'd like if you could step on like a like a, a like a sort of like a, like a fungal growth and then like miles away like you could like alert like a bunch of like infected or clickers that, and they know like oh there's someone like two miles that way we're gonna go get them like wait how, they have like a high fine or they just can send messages well that's like in like actual like forests like mushrooms like if, if like under under like all the roots of like all the plants like trees mushrooms like they're all like connected so it's like the they call it, like the I think they call it, like the world What's the, what's the name for it? Is it the world world woods web or something? But like, if 
plant plant plants like pass information between each other with their roots, and it's like it's like miles of like root systems that like communicate with each other. So that so that's that's like a real like scientific concept. There was I think there was an episode of Cosmos about it. If you want to check that out. Like the like the like the Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson like reboot of Cosmos. There's like a whole episode about like the, the like the like forest forest communications like plant communicate like the, like them like like talking like like they'll like they'll like communicate with each other and like be like oh like oh this this plant is like running low on water or something. Well like we'll like transfer water to that plant or something. It's 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 crazy, but yeah, they but they 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 bring that concept to the Last of Us. Definitely, like after like you know the downtime of watching this and then learning more about funguses and getting <laughs> yeah. freaked out about Fun- going outside. Fun- fungal communication, yeah. Like we're becoming uh, like Egon from Ghostbusters, like fucking <laughs> boars and yep. funguses. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a, a, uh, anything else, Chris? Uh, I caught on Netflix the 2007 movie called Cleaner, or it's like The Cleaner. Okay. It's a Sam Jackson uh, noir movie that came out um, like sort of in 2007 like the worst time for this kind of movie to come out when like iron man dark knight came out (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it flew under the radar for a while but i caught it because i guess i was into murder mysteries for um like on my netflix like looking for it i'm sorry this came out yeah yeah so it came out in 2007 september Jeez, what a bad time (laughs) Like between Iron Man and right before Dark Knight, and so it has an all-star cast. Like it's definitely like it's going to be a movie, um, remembered probably in the next few years is like a hidden, like noir movie, a modern one to go see. Not like a blockbuster, not like a um, like a must-watch, but sort of like. A uh, homage to the like twenties pulp style, mo- like a modern version of it. Mm-hmm. So the movie uh, follows a cleaner guy who played by Sam Jackson, who was an ex detective turned like crime scene cleaner, like a private crime scene cleaner. Uh, who solicits his, like, services to anyone and also gets contracts from police and other kind of, like, crime scene cleanup investigation stuff. So he has no role in, like, actual, like, figuring out the crime. It's more like he just does what he needs to do just because he knows how to um, be a good cleaning service. But... On his latest case, he gets he you know gets a notice says go to this location and clean it up and he does. And the next day he's going back for a follow up, and the place he just cleaned is unaware that there was ever a murder there. Like 
he shows up and people having a party and he's just like wait like what's like you moved on pretty fast did you just move <laughs> in today like what's going on and they're like what are you talking about so it unravels to um him discovering he just cleaned up like a fresh murder and since he was the last one there uh and the homeowner like it the sorry the homeowner like it's like his wife threw a party without the husband and she was waiting for him to show up and he never did and so because of that like they all suspect that he's dead and you know he was the last person there and he cleaned up all the evidence so all that's left behind is just the residue from his cleaning solution no blood no trail of anything so he's like suspect number one and his ex-partner played by ed harris is trying to help him out but it's discovered that Sam Jackson isn't also a like good cop. Like he used to be corrupt, but because of of like he gave up the being a police because it's just like the pressure of being a cop and having his double life was too much for him. So he chose to be a cleaner just because like it's something he still keeps involved with. Now the only problem about this movie is that it has it tries to do like three concepts in one i'm skipping the part where it's like him and his daughter because his daughter is this 14 year old girl uh played by kiki palmer who like a young kiki palmer just like her one of her first like mature roles uh and it it, it kind of shoehorns in this other message in there and they don't focus in on it as much but there's a subplot that happens where years ago, uh, Sam Jackson's wife was killed by a like a home invader, and because of that, like it's made him more distance. And like Kiki Palmer, like because like she witnessed the murder, she's way more like afraid of life. But like it doesn't happen so quick. It's sort of like. Her, she sort of realizes she misses her mother and then at the same time as this murder thing like was going on like it's very like unrelated like you know it's like a whole different movie with her plot but they they try to merge it together and it it goes nowhere so and the movie sort of like does that and goes oh shit like we need to like backpedal out of this plot and you see it in the editing like it's very like it's sort of like I get in a noir movie, they might throw some, like, twists and turns or maybe a dead end, you know, sort of to, like, throw you off the trail. But it, like, it, it sort of doesn't come satisfying for that secondary plot. It just sort of, they give up on it. Like, it, it just because the ending thing of who actually, like, what's going on, who's tricking Sam Jackson, like, you know, what the, the bigger thing at stake is it's nice like it actually halfway point the the second act is really good like that's what it picks up and now like uh sam jackson is being a detective while trying to avoid the like the the police and then he also has to um go to a, other crime scenes and deal with cleaning up and still trying to make time to be a father and then make time to do like you know what I mean? like, that's what I'm saying. it tries so much in the middle and i'm like and then at some point they just stop doing the crime scene cleaning because they're like, okay, wow, we need to 
like tie up some loose ends. So we're just gonna not mention the crime scene cleaning part because we just have to focus on like, you know, like also he runs his own business. So he's like in charge of the crime scene unit and the whole like micromanaging of it. So like the middle part where he's just taking time off to play investigator and be like a noir detective. Like you feel it being like double amenity or double identity, whatever that movie was called. You just know what I'm talking about? Um what's it called? Not not you're not double jeopardy. No, no, but it's the other one. Double Double Indemnity. Oh, Double Indemnity, like the classic, like the 1944 movie? Yeah. Yeah. It plays like that, where, like, instead of, like, an insurance investigator, it's, it becomes like that, where it it wants, it like, it, it's, I'm saying, like, as a noir movie, it tries to be, like, you do get a femme fatale, you do get the, um, Eva Mendez plays this, is the wife character who... You think she's very innocent, and the movie does a good job about it, but, she, you know, like, once you start realizing the plot, you're like, ha, huh, this is a little suspicious. And it's like, for a cop character, he is just, like, oblivious, but it's like, how is that not suspect number one? Mm-hmm. So, like, he sort of is playing that Fred McMurray character of just like he's just an everyday man caught in a bad situation, but like then they double in with like he's also like a business manager because he's like he's also the boss of the company and he's also a father to a teenage girl, and then you know he's trying to avoid the police who are not to spoil much, but like they're also like good and bad. You don't know if they're corrupt because there's this other character who they really just show in like photos and mentioning he was the ex-police chief captain and or the commissioner and he was like a mob boss apparently and it's a lot of like talk don't show and it's a lot of like passing in dialogue that like what the past was and they never really clarify but they always like hint at about the the like previous incidences that have happened that actually made Sam Jackson be a cleaner instead of like a cop anymore. And he's sort of infamous because he, he left the police force before um, they can really take a look at like what happened. So he's dealing with like the guilt of his like criminal past, you know, his like not being a good cop, but now he's trying to clean up his image. So I get why it's, you know, he's, He's cleaning, you know, to clean away himself. But I'm making it sound way more artsy than it is. The movie, like, this movie just plays around that concept about, like, halfway through. And that's what I say. By the end of the movie, they just drop the whole cleaning thing. You know, there's no clever um, twist with this cleaning at the end. Like, there's no, like, oh, like, he cleaned up evidence or he planted evidence or, like, he... You know, he, he he figured out a loophole with his skill set. It's like none of that. He just sort of wanders into things. I'm like, ah. Oh. Again, it, and then I think even the review people were saying on this, because I was like reading this movie, and they're like, don't think it's going to be like a great movie. Like, if you just have sort of low expectations for the cast, you'll be fine. Like, 
Like, Sam Jackson is great. It's, like, not his problem. You know, like, Ed Harris is great, too. Eva Mendez, okay. Like, she does a good beginning first act, and then it falls apart at the end. It's sort of like she becomes a different character. So, like, in terms of mis- modern mysteries, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's going to be a very, like, it's forgettable, but you remember it more for, like, all these great actors together. And it's not, like, the script just doesn't give them enough room to breathe to let them do what they should be. It's sort of just, like, I don't know, like, a lot of art, artful settings and commentary on just a whole bunch of things. And then um, how it ties together, it really doesn't. Because the movie just ends. Like, you know, it's it just like you have so many questions and then you have like, oh, how's how's he going to get away? You know, how are they going to explain all this? How are they going to prove innocence or whatever? It's just like, nah, don't worry. Tomorrow we'll handle it. Like, the end. <laughs> you know, like, what? You just solve like this crazy murder mystery and you're like, so what's the, I don't know, I, when it comes to certain murder mysteries, once you get to like a certain level of craziness, you do want like the next day conclusion too. Like it's not just we solved it, the end. You, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. Did you like that about Glass Onion where it it ends before it can really end, right? Yeah, because you have like, well... What, how is this gonna affect anyone? Like, yep. is like, is like, it's like, are they all gonna be arrested or like? So here is like, um, they sort of skip that detail and they just do a metaphoric thing, and it's not as satisfying, you know? Like, it's like, oh, the cleaner, uh, oh, oh. The cr- I'm not gonna say who says it because it's like if you ever catch this movie and because I'm giving it a little bit more credit because I do enjoy it. <laughs> there is a line someone says to Sam Jackson, and it comes off like a comedy where it's like he someone yells at him and it's like, well, who will clean up your blood? And it's just like, oh, get it? Because he's a cleaner. Can you <laughs> clean up? Like it's so. It should be cheesy, but, like, it's delivered in, like, such a serious tone that during that moment, you're like, yeah, okay, like, you, he would say that. But then you go, you realize, like, but oh, that's so cheesy. Like, you, you had to think about that for a moment, because that's, like, a, not a natural thing, you know? It, it becomes a very, like, huh. Like, you know what I mean? That's the only thing, it's, like... Did they write that one sentence and then work their way backwards to make it sense in the movie where it's like, maybe he's a janitor? Nah, he can't be a janitor. Maybe he's a dry cleaner? Nah. Maybe he's a crime scene cleaner. Okay, we can work with that. That's how we keep, keep that keep that line in, you know? Like, it, it feels so out of place because of this, like, line slash threat, you know? Like, that kind of thing, at the, when they say it, it's just like, what? But... I I would say it goes people go see it just to see it, but it's gonna be um taken off of Netflix soon. So Netflix <laughs> was like heavily promoting it to like go see it while you can. Last month to see it, I'm like okay, and I saw it. I was like all right, this can go. Like it if you see it, great. If you don't, it's it, again probably another few years from now. People will be like, did you ever see the cleaner? Like very underrated for at least two thirds. But, yeah, it's, like, fair value of, like, 
a six, maybe six highest rating, but that's only because the actors are well known and they do an okay job with like limited script. But here's the crazy thing, I, and I'll end with it. Here's the crazy thing about the cleaner. Uh, like all star like directing and and casting. It's directed by Rennie Harlan, the uh, the like producer writer of like a whole bunch of movies. The producer of Hang the Cliffhanger. Well, he producer of like yeah, like the producer of the Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, producer for uh, well, he directed, <laughs> he, he directed those too. Like, yeah, he directed like Long Kiss Night, he directed Nightmare on Elm Street 4, uh, Die Hard 2, yeah, Cutthroat right? Island, like, <laughs> yeah, just insanely. Like, like he was the director for a few TV episodes here and there. Like, it, it's so weird to think about, like, okay, you know, like. That was good. And then this movie, it's like, what happened at the end? <laughs> and the writer for this also wrote Lightyear, Coco, uh, what else? Like, mm-hmm. he's writing for the Chronicles of Nardia. Like, this is a, you know, like, it, there's a lot of talent. It's just, like, very cobbled together. But I also think they just said, oh, shit, this movie called, like, The Dark Knight's Coming, whatever, just, like, put it out there. I'm not even sure this came to theaters. I think this might have just, like, uh, like, it feels like straight to DVD. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, um, <laughs> uh, it, it scratched that itch of just seeing it, finally, because Netflix was just, like, throwing my face, and I did put it on my <laughs> list. Mm-hmm. Only reason I would say watch it. Otherwise, just keep it in there to say, did you ever see the Sam Jackson movie, Worry the Cleaner? Well, now you, now you gotta, like, find where it is now, because it's leaving Netflix. <laughs> so you gotta find out where it's heading. Well, you know, uh, it's funny, because this movie came out in 2008, in January uh, 18th. So, and back in, like, 2007 and 8. Mm-hmm. So, almost a... 15-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. Uh, basically watching horror and murder mystery things. Mm-hmm. What about you, Zach? What have you been watching? So, uh, everything I watched this week was on Peacock. Um, so, I finally saw Beast from last year, the Idris Elba versus a, a lion movie. And, uh, it was it was fine. It was fun. Um, you you get you get what you pay for, which is Edge Double fighting a lion. So I mean, it lives up to that. And yeah, it, yeah, it's it's just, it's a solid like you know survival slash creature feature movie. Like there's some there's some fun like lion killing people scenes. Although it is, I, I think this is a new trend. Like because like you know people don't want to like have like trained like animals anymore. Or, like I guess because it's like uh it's more humane to have like a CG, but like it, the, the line is, is a fully like CG creation. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't look terrible, but like, it's, it's, it's obviously <laughs> CG. Like, it's not like, you're not being fooled by like, Oh man, it's like a photorealistic lion. But, but it's, it's, it's fine. It works for the movie. Um, 
and they do and they, they do a lot of like you don't see the lion you just like see like oh it's like it, like it's like f- from like the lion's perspective and like leaps out of the bushes and kills someone or something or like it's like you, you cut away for it like you see like the actual like lion like <laughs> leap out or you just or you just get like you get like the like aftermath of like it's like oh we, we stumbled on this village and the lion killed everybody but it's not here <laughs> the lion's not here right now but like here's all like the bloody like bodies that it killed but, but yeah basically, basically the premise is like there was there's there's a, a bunch of, there's a bunch of po- poachers that are like are hunting lions, and they they basically like kill most of the, like this what like this rogue lion's uh tr- prize that 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 makes him go rogue, and then Idris Elba is is in Africa, um in South Africa with his uh, daughters, and they're basically it's very very soon after like his uh his wife passed away from cancer. And so they're, they're like, it's like this. They're on, they're on vacation, but also trying, they're trying to like deal with like, or like, you know, like get over this loss of like <laughs> their mother and uh, wife. Um, and then Charlotte Copley is like, like Idris Elba's like childhood friend, and he like, he like runs like this like nature preserve. He's also like, he's like, he's like the main like, uh, like biologist, um, for like this nature preserve. So like they're staying with him, but then. Their like safari slash vacation gets interrupted because like the, this, now they're now they're getting attacked by this like rogue lions like attacking like this tribe and attacking like, the, like, like these other like basically any any human that crosses his path like this lion is like killing them now because because now it's like human, human humans murdered its pride so now it's like it's now it's like out for revenge against all humans to, to kill them. But it knows to hunt humans. Yeah, it's just it's just it, whatever crosses his path is like it's killing it, killing them now because it's, it's like bloodthirsty, like, <laughs> like I don't, like revenge, like I, I'm like I need to kill every my 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 pride is dead. I'm gonna kill everything, like. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's a, there's some fun like survival stuff. Like they get trapped in like a truck for like a while, and it's like how they how they gonna get out of this truck with the lion like stalking around? And they have to figure out a way to, like possibly tranquilize it without like <laughs> and like. Because they have like one tranquilizer dart, it's like how are we gonna like lure this lion and like tr- like tranquilize it, and then like Charlotte Copley gets like horribly injured, and they, they, they like figure out a way to, like get him out of like the swamp that he's trapped in, like get him back to like the truck or get him back to like medical help. Although it helps that like uh, Idris Elba is a doctor, so like they like he can like that's like a like a like one of like like saving things is like he can like like patch everyone up if they get hurt. I don't, think, I don't think they say like what specific what kind of doctor he is, but he, like he's like definitely like some sort of like ER doctor or like like a trauma doctor. Trauma doctor. Because he's like he's like like really like like he, he like because Charlie gets like fucked up like like his leg gets like ripped apart basically, and then it just is like is like able like like get, like stop the bleeding like and get like everything like wrapped up fairly well. So they definitely that's definitely like an advantage for them compared to like other people who are like. In other movies, like trying to deal with like a rogue animal, like killing everybody. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's fun. It's, it, if you're looking for just like a like solid, you know, like creature feature, like killer animal movie, you, you'll you'll definitely get like, get what you like paid for <laughs> if you want to see like you're just able to just, like take on a lion. Like it's not it's not doing anything like like new or like <laughs> like. It's not gonna, it's not redefining the like the creature like animal attack genre, but it's like a it's like a sound entry in the genre. 
And then I also uh, watched Violent Nights, uh, which I think like literally just hit like Peacock like last Friday. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know it's a little late because obviously we're like well past we're like a month past Christmas now. But um, I still so still, still want to check it out because I didn't get to see it like in December. Um, yeah, it, it, it's fun. Um, it, it's uh, definitely has that like John Wick like John Wick style action definitely because like David Leach is like a producer on it um but also like paying homage to like Home Alone and like Die Hard like they they name the name dropper like reference a lot of like Christmas classics but it's but yeah it's but it, it definitely has like that like that like John Wick level of like crazy violence and like really like well choreographed fight scenes um but yeah but the uh, the plot for this one is that there is this, this this wealthy family, uh, like the Lightstones, who are like gather, they're getting together in Connecticut, and then uh, like Beverly the Angel is like the matriarch, and she's like this like horrible, this like capitalist, like like bribing people, like like just like everyone in the family is horrible except for like the like the one son and like it, like it's it's like the son and his wife and his daughter Trudy are like the like the the good like the like the actual like normal people. Mm-hmm. And everyone else, and then everyone else is like, it's just like a horrible monster. Like, uh, like Edie Patterson from uh, Righteous Gemstones is basically like her. She's basically Judy Gemstone in this movie too. Just like, just, just like this, like, like whiny. Like, I want my mom. Like, I'm, I want. I'm, I'm, I would do anything to get, my, get like the inheritance for my mother. <laughs> like, I will do anything. Like, get like all the money from the family. And like, uh, like Cam Gigande or Gigande or like, I don't. I don't know how to say his last name but from like Twilight and like uh, burlesque and stuff. Like he's like Ed Patterson's like boyfriend, and he's like a like he's like this like failed like action act like actor. Like he's trying to and he's like constantly trying to pitch like his like new action movie. Like he's trying to like get like Beverly the Angel to like fund his his, his action movie. And he's like and he's he's like it's it's definitely like a like a reference to like Mark Mark Wahlberg because like he's like constantly talking about like how he like oh if I was like if I was on a plane during nine eleven I would definitely stop there. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Wait, what? He he's, he's like doing like they're making references like that. Like remember like remember when like Mark Wahlberg was like, oh, if yeah, I was on the plane, I was on nine eleven. Like yeah. yeah, like so like like Cam Shijande is like is constantly just like saying like, oh, I I, I definitely have the skills. I I can stop like all these horrible things happening. Oh, okay. I was just like, wait, wait. Was he just also saying like he could stop nine eleven too? He basically basically he's basically like constantly saying stuff like that. Gotcha. But 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 then. But then this whole family gets taken like taken hostage by John John Leguizamo and his like gang of mercenaries because like, uh, they they got a tip that like somewhere on this like family compound is like hundreds of millions of dollars that they're supposed to like like transfer the government basically like, like wanted like Beverly Angel to like secretly or like kind of like give like hand out to like the Middle East's assets <laughs> and like. It's like a middle person to like like get these like kind of like like you know like kind of black ops funds, <laughs> so the government doesn't have to like directly do it, but they want like her to do it like discreetly. But apparently, there's like all this money's like sitting in like the like family vault right now. So then like that's why like the, the there's like terrorists slash hostage takers show up to like take the family hostage. But then David Harbor is literally Santa Claus, and he like he's you know making his like. Christmas Eve rounds, obviously, and then shows up, and then, um, be, because like because like sh- like, and in 
this this Santa is like kind of like he's like very like uh disgruntled and like like he's kind of like fed up with everything. Like he's like stops at like a bar in England, like just like get drunk and like he's like he's like peeing off the sled at one point and stuff. So like he's kind of like done with like he's like kind of over. This is just like a, like a slog for him now. Oh, he's like burnt out now. Burnt out, burnt out, drunken Santa. Like I just like I I I'll still do this because I like and like he's also like pissed off because like. Every kid now just wants video games or cash, and so it's like it's like it's just like what's the point of even delivering presents? Because like no one wants toys or anything. No one, just, yeah, it, no one wants physical things like that. They just want like video games or like just like gift cards or cash. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then when he gets when he gets to, like the Lightstone House, the mansion, like Trudy is like a like you know like a true believer. Like she's like super sweet and wholesome, and, like de- like one hundred percent believes in Santa Claus and like writes some letters and everything. So like that. He's like, oh, well, for her, I will try to help them, like, rescue her, like, help this family. Wait, wait, I feel like she's out of the movie, like, the Santa Claus. Well, that's that's the weird, like, this one of the weird things about like, this movie, like, it it definitely has, like, some, like, to- like tonal whiplash at times. Because, like, it'll go from, like, a crazy John Wick violent crazy fight to, like, a, like, very sweet, wholesome, like... Santa and Trudy having like a conversation over a walkie-talkie about like, like, like believing in Santa Claus and like being good and stuff. So it's, it's so it's trying to have like these like like sweet like kind of like Christmas movie moments and then but also be like a crazy violent like John Wick action movie. So it, yeah, it's it, it's a little like totally like it'll like whip around a little bit. I mean, it, it I don't think it tracks with the movie that much, but like it definitely is like. Like the scenes, totally from scene to scene, it'll be like, oh, this is like a kind of hallmarky, like you know, like heartwarming Christmas moment, and then like Santa will like jam like a, a candy cane into someone's throat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I won't spoil, but they do have they're they they do get into like a reason for like why Santa can fight. I did see the reason, um, just because like some asshole on YouTube like most these like recap channels like okay they like put it in it where it's just like you know this ageless warrior and it's just like and then it's like you see like santa for like david harbour like you fucking kidding me yeah yeah i mean i get that like he's a viking for some reason yeah yeah so yeah he he was he was he, he was a viking warrior and then he's they they don't really explain how he went from like a like a like a Viking like barbarian berserker to like Santa, but and, and, and a lot of like the a lot of his powers and stuff they don't really explain. It's just like he's like he's like Christmas magic. I don't know. I don't I don't know how it works. I just do it. Like that's a better like like you know just that's my reason. Don't get too deep into it. Like move on. Like good. Yeah. You know that's a good thing to do. And they and they do like they do have some fun with like a lot of like his powers like they do like there's a like there's like one fight scene where like he's like constantly trying to reach into like his sack and like he's like pulling trying to pull out something to like, use a weapon and it's just like nothing but game video games and he's and it, but like his sack is like like the classic like it's like like a like a endless void like you just like reaching constantly using like, infinite presence can come out of it and then also like they they use this like when he touches like his nose to his uh, fingers to his nose he like goes up the chimney. And so, like, they do some, like, a couple things where it's, like, uh, they use that in, like, a kind of, like, a crazy violent fashion to, like, to, like, kill people. Like, he'll, like, drag them up the chimney, like, they explode. 
and then also and also just like using like like you know like christmas like decorations and like 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 he'll like he like jabs someone in the face with like a like a christmas star from the top of the tree like and then like turns it on and like like, like electrocutes him and like and then he's like sucking on a candy cane to like to get like a be like a super super sharp like point on it and like stab someone with it he wait, he sucked on it to make a, like a knife yeah he basically sucks on it to like you know you know you, you like suck on like a jolly rancher or like any of those like hard candies and if you get suck on it like it'll like, it's get, sharp. like super sharp yeah. So yeah, they, they stole they, they that from that. they stole that from American Dad. There was an episode <laughs> there's like a thing with like you know how like American I'm not sure if you watch a lot of American Dad, but like annually they have that like Santa fight where yeah. like Santa will try to like mess with them. And there is a part where like they do lick candy canes and make like a makeshift like shiv. Mm-hmm. I just like didn't think uh that would be that. <laughs> oh, and there's also um, like so like the little girl Trudy also like um, because because like like basically like, right before like the movie starts like she watched Home Alone for the first time and then she like makes trap like Home Alone traps and they do there's a really it's a really funny like it's like oh you know what well, when we, were, we watched like Home Alone two like la- like last month in December Chris and then we were talking about like how like during the commentary we were talking about like. Oh, like the actual like physical like injuries that they would be getting from these traps. Mm-hmm. So like, so like, Violent Night actually does that. Like, it's like she sets up these traps, and then like, it, like it's like the actual like, like the people that end up in the traps get like horrific injuries. Because because like she's like hitting them in the face like bo- like like bowling balls and like nails are like she's like people are like falling out the nails and stuff. But it's like the actual like like actual like injuries they would sustain from like that stuff they get their they're like sustaining in this so it's like that's like it's, there's like a fun kind of like homage slash like parody of like home alone in here too but yeah it, it's it's fun i i, I mean we're, we're past christmas but I, I, I think it's still worth checking out if you if you don't really mind like watching a, like a christmas movie and at toward the end of january getting to february but um yeah, like like lots of some some pretty pretty fun, cool action like action and like fight scenes and like Dave Harbour's great in it, like just like this like drunken like surly Santa Claus, um, and then like like a lot of like the sporty like yeah like Edie Patterson's like hilarious as always and like Beverly Angelo and John Leguizamo's the bad guy who like <laughs> like he wants to get his money but then like you find out like he also like like actually hates Christmas too so this is like a it's like a bonus like. The fact that he might actually get to like kill the actual Santa Claus is like this like like bonus for him of like I could oh oh man I could I could end Christmas forever. Oh, like he's aware of how like insane Santa here is being, and he's like well, oh, he's like oh this is a great opportunity. Well yeah, well it takes them, it takes them a while like because like obviously no one believes the actual real Santa. They just think it's like a, someone like they got hired to play Santa for like, like this like family Christmas party. But then like his like like. Like like stuff like, when he starts doing stuff like like he likes like at one point they like actually like they they like capture for a little bit and the, but he's like he's like saying all their real names like and like telling them things that they got them for Christmas at one point and they're like wait how does he know all this stuff like because because like they're all using like code names and like 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 gingerbread candy cane like stuff like that and then he's like mm-hmm. but he's like he's like, calling them their actual real names he's like it's like gingerbread is like Matthias <laughs> so he's but he's, he's like don't you remember that bike I got you for like like for like your eighth birth- eighth Christmas 
Matthias. He's like, how do how do you know that? What? <laughs> like, and then like he, like he knows like John Logan's not his like real name and stuff. So yeah, it, it, it has a lot of fun with like like with like the Santa Claus like mythology, and then turning into like a like a diehard John Wick <laughs> kind of style action movie. So yeah, I would say if, if you have Peacock and uh, we want to check it out, say definitely check it out. And we're getting a sequel apparently too. It because uh, they, they got like green light this week, so more more David Harbor badass Santa is coming <laughs> in, in the future apparently. I do feel like it is in the last two years. It's been a like Santa Renaissance, uh, or maybe three years because like when the Kurt Russell Santa Claus showed up, and then the Klaus movie. Well, and, well definitely, and... def- well definitely, yeah, definitely a shift to like not like. Like more like badass, like f- cool, cool, like fit Santas. Like, cause it, yeah, Kurt Russell, um, like J.K. Simmons is gonna be like a badass Santa, like that, whatever that, like The Rock, Chris Evans movie, like I think it's coming out this year for Christmas, like like Red One. I totally did not know there was. It's it's gonna be it's an Amazon movie, like it's gonna be like it's like some sort of like global action movie with like The Rock, Chris Evans, and. J.K. Simmons. And J.K. Simmons is playing Santa. But yeah, saw Beast, saw Night, and then also the other thing I saw on Peacock, uh, which actually is literally premiered like today when we're recording this, is uh, Poker Face, the new Ryan Johnson mystery show um, starring uh, Natasha Lyonne. So they dropped, they dropped four episodes today when we were recording this. I, I, I saw the first two. Um, they're like they're like solid hour long episodes, so it's like it's not it's like uh, it's not like a half hour or like a <laughs> forty five minute. It's like a solid hour each episode. But it's uh, the first episode I've seen so far. Definitely, it's it's a super fun show. Um, definitely, if you're a fan of like Ryan Johnson, it's like if you like Glass Onion and Knives Out, it's 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 gonna be right up that alley. It's right up that alley. Um, although, although Poker Face is apparently like very heavily inspired by like Columbo and like uh, and like kind of classic like TV uh, murder mystery shows, but it's also but it's also like it's not a mystery. It's like it's like um, a like because you, you 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 know who the killer is and how they killed the person, and it'd be, like they spent the, the like the first five ten minutes of each episode they like kind of show the murder and like who did it, and then kind of like the fun and like the premise of the show is like how is Natasha Leon going to like figure it out and then like uh like get like the like the clue she needs to like like you know like catch this person but then she also has like the like it's not like a, it's not like a superpower I think it's just like she just has like this like innate ability that she can like tell when everyone if, so, if someone's lying to her she she knows it and she's always she's, she's always right about it well, she she's a human lie detector, basically. Yeah, she's, she's human lie detector. Yeah, so you can't you can't lie to her. Um, so that's like one of her like key skills, obviously, is like she like if someone's like like lying about what they were where they were what they were doing that she knows. But yeah, but yeah, Natasha Leone plays uh she's Charlie Kale, and she she worked the first episode she works as like a cocktail waitress at the, at the casino, and um, the first yeah the first episode is basically is like the premise is like. Um, one of her friends gets, who also works at the casino, gets murdered, and then she's trying to like figure out who did that. And then also like Adrian Brody is like the sleazy like casino boss, 
and he's trying like he's trying to get her to like help him with like this like like scheme to like use use her like like lie detecting abilities to, like scam this like whale at like the casino because it was trying like he's was hosting like his own private game at the casino so like uh agent brody's like hey we're gonna have you like watching on a video and then you're like tell our guy upstairs in this private poker game like what who's lying or not and then we'll like win all his money from this like super rich whale this year gotcha. um it's not a bad strategy but it's scummy yeah well because because they, they basically in the first episode like they kind of reveal some of like charlie's backstory it was like she she was using her like abilities to, like enter poker tournaments and like win them and like and everyone's like that's not cheating to... right no yeah because because she, she wasn't cheating but people were like like how is she doing this and then like um adrian brody's father like caught her like i guess they didn't caught, catch her but like like f- realized what she was doing at the, and then like basically was like hey you, you either stop like you, like stop or i'm gonna kill you or like or like or stop stop or like before something happens to you and then but then also like gave her like a job at like the at like his his casino, to like basically like just keep an eye on her and like have her not like and but also but he also like blackballed her from basically every poker game in the country so like she can't play she can't like she can't enter poker tournaments anymore or like do any like gambling anymore really. So she's so she's kind of she, so she's kind of like just like this like uh like she lives in a trailer but like she's 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 cool with it like, like Charlie Kale's like a very just like go with the flow like. <laughs> It seems like in the first like for like the whole show just like like very content with like where she is <laughs> in the first episode like she's, she's totally fine with like living in her trailer and like going to work at the, as a cocktail waitress and like driving around in, in like her like classic like barracuda <laughs> but then after, after what happens in the first episode like she now she now she's kind of like on the run from from people but each episode is like it, it, it is its own like contained like mystery story, but there's a there's a, there's like an overarching story of like just people after her because of what happened in the first episode, and then that that's why she's like kind of, kind of like like going to different places and try, like on the run across the country like trying to get away from like whoever's chasing her. But when she stops somewhere, she like ends up getting involved in like a, a murder mystery. But yeah, yeah, lots, lots, super fun. Natasha Leone is like fantastic in it, like just like very like quirky and weird and like and like uh and then like yeah like like she's kind of a mess. Like she's like constantly like just like drinking beer or like getting drunk. But then also like and but there's like a great joke where like she like stops drinking like has a coffee and she's just like totally like going like just like going like a mile a minute and then like. Benjamin Bratt is like the like the like casino like pit boss and he's like, are you on crack? <laughs> like, did you did you coke? And he's like, no, I drink coffee. And uh, yeah, and l- l- tons tons of guest star, tons of great guest stars like every episode. Like yeah, like Benjamin Bratt and then like Adrian Brody in the first episode. And then like uh, second episode has like John Ratzenberger and like uh uh uh. Hong, Oscar-nominated Hong Chow, and then like um, like, like there's gonna be like like Tim Meadows and Simon Helberg and Nick Nolte and Ron Perlman, and Tim Blake Nelson and Luis Guzman and like tons of other people for the rest of the season. So yeah, definitely I'm definitely gonna keep watching it. Um, it's it's super fun. Um, and and and, and different from different from Knives Out and, and uh uh 
glass onion like because like it's it, it de- definitely more in line with like yeah like Columbo and like those like other like the TV uh, murder mysteries. And, and then and, and Tasha Leone definitely does like a sort of like Columbo kind of like where like I think people people like underestimate her because like, she's kind of a mess. But then she'll like really she like she, she uses like her like she uses her like lie detecting abilities and also like she's like very observant too. And then she'll just like like usually, usually toward the end of each episode she'll like drop she'll like you know she'll drop the bomb of like I know I know exactly how you did this <laughs> like. I'm, I'm I mean, she's like a Sherlock, but she actually like just runs her mouth, and then does she call the cops ahead of time and let let them know? She like so like um so, yeah, she, I mean she'll she'll call the well it, the whole thing was like she's kind of like wary to call the cops because of like because like what happened what happened in the first episode like she's kind of like wanted possibly or a person of interest for something um but she'll have like she'll, she has like other people call the cops for her and also like she's like also she's always said to some people like like i'm not a cop like i'm not like i'm not a private investigator i'm just like a, a co- like a cocktail waitress is, is just like like i'm just a normal person yeah she's not like she's, she's not a detective she's not a private investigator she's not like a she's just she's like she's just like just stumbles into like these mysteries and then like has to, and, but then she like needs, she has like kind of like a need to like solve them or help people. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, well, I'm on the run, but I, I'll, I'll stay and like try to solve this murder to help these people. So <laughs> pass the time and help. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. If you're like a, if you're a mystery fan, if you're a Ryan Johnson fan, definitely check it out at Peacock. And uh, yeah, so that's it for me this week. So we wrap things up. Uh, definitely head over to the site. We've got our uh, Warriors of Future commentaries up right now, so you can watch that along with us. The the gigantic Chinese blockbuster from last year to celebrate Chinese New Year. Where we watched a bunch of Iron Men <laughs> fight a giant plant monster. And then like space bugs. Space bugs, yeah. Evil robots. It's got everything. So yeah, so you you can sync that up to Netflix, watch that along with us over the site. We got all the trailers and news and everything else we, t- we talked about. So head over check all that stuff out. And uh, yeah, so for Chris, I am Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at evaction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.